0: Joseph Rubin is in the building and a prominent educator in the XRP community. Everybody knows XRP Jen is here, so I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Brad Garlinghouse is optimistic about United States regulation, stating 2023 could be a great year for crypto, as the World Economic Forum is telling the planet that digital payments are here to stay. The United Kingdom is launching universal basic income, opening the floodgates for a new monetary system while Sam Bankman-Fried pleads not guilty on all accounts in court yesterday. YouTube influencer Logan Paul is the latest celebrity to be caught in the crypto crosshairs after supposedly hiring criminals for this crypto project. And the United States Federal Reserve released a new crypto report this week, breaking down the details, and we show our listeners how big banks create the bull run of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, Our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, we got to do your introduction quickly this morning because we got two special guests. And I think that's the first time ever on Good Morning Crypto.
1: It is.
2: How are you feeling?
1: Today is a historic day on Good Morning Crypto. We don't bring you one guest, but we bring you two special guests today. So, we're excited. So, first of all, let me start like I do every day. Good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there. I love you guys. Appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. I am super, super excited today, Abs. We've got not only the smartest man in crypto with Joe, but we also have the lovely XRP Jenna to talk about
0: NFTs and everything else. So welcome to the show, guys. We love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Awesome. Jenna, they're already asking, what book are you going to be writing? I saw you put out a tweet this morning, so I don't know if you're ready to release that information, but thank you for being here. And How are you feeling?
3: Hey, I'm feeling awesome. No, I'm not going to release that information yet. Um, I definitely have a strategy planned out already for that. (laughs) Um, I'm super excited to be here. I cannot wait to dive into these topics. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Always excited to have you. And Joe, I know I butchered your last name, so you're going to have to pronounce it correctly, but thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk about a lot of the crypto law topics we may not understand. How you feel, my friend?
2: Feeling great. Thanks. Uh, it's, yeah, it's Joe Reben. That's okay. No problem. Like I said, since like I told you before, since kindergarten, people have been messing it up. No worries. Um, and yeah, looking forward to diving into the crypto regulatory and, and law and legal background and, and, you know, playing field right now because shit, it's all over the place. And, you know, hopefully I can shed some light on it. We'll see. <laughs>
0: Well, we've been saying 2023 is the year of institutional adoption. So if you share that mindset, they're going to love you here on Good Morning Crypto. But we're going to start the show the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. we love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is useless, Johnny Crypto. It's been several (laughs) months, trading at a 26. So we're going to go right past this and check out some of the daily movers. We've got Near Token, LDO, and FTT. Stay away, my friends, are the biggest leaders on the day. When you check out the total coin market cap, we're getting some positive price action. We're sitting at 820 billion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. Bitcoin sitting at 16,800. Ethereum is 1,200. XRP is 34 cents. Cardano is 26 cents. And we'll scroll down to Quant Network, which is $112 this morning. So, XRP Jenna, we're going right back to you. How are you operating during this bear market? I want to actually comment on something we saw from a few weeks ago. Charles Hodgkinson, you came to his defense on Twitter after he was attacking the XRP community or at least putting out some controversial statements. So let's start right there. What's your opinion on Cardano and the XRP and the feud going on? Uh, Mute button, Jenna.
3: Can you hear me? Okay, now I'm getting okay. Cool. Yeah, we can I, do. I think it's honestly one of the most ridiculous things um, that we should be fighting with them because a lot of um, XRP holders are also, you know, supporters of the Cardano community. And you know, I didn't have a whole lot of ADA. I think I sold it whenever it was like two something, whatever. But I really like it. And Charles jumped on a Twitter space that I was having with my one friend, and you know, he answered. Um, a lot of questions and he really took a beating but he was just a really cool person and it was just nice to hear him as an individual come into the space and just talk and everything and I think another reason he could have even been making these comments is maybe he's a little bitter right now but he was also fasting and I know that that would make anybody cranky right so but I think he's a good person and I I really do like Ada so I you know I'm not worried about the drama 100% I'm with you there and I'm not excited like about these green candles today. Like I can't get excited about this yet. It's nothing for me to, you know, I don't have any longs going. So it's whatever. Just keep buying.
0: We've been talking about it for a little while. What are you anticipating going into March and April before we dive into our articles today? Let's move away from the ADA discussion because we know Charles, he's watching right now. No, I'm just kidding. Johnny kept up. But what are you thinking?
1: Well, you know, first of all, I agree with Jenna. Like, I feel bad for Charles, everybody beating up on him. There's really no point. The guy loves the crypto space like no other developer in the world. Well, let's show him some love. I will continue to do so and love that. Um, But in terms of the crypto market apps, like I'm with Jenna, like, okay, yeah, it's a lot of green today. I expect that. You're always going to get a lot of green right after you get a lot of red. And we all know that December 31st is National Tax Day where everybody's dumping everything. Um, as they can because they're taking that major loss, that write-off, right? And then what happens is, of course, once yeah, that's going to bring the lower prices, and now people want to buy back in and, and start off with a lower tax or cost basis as they move up. So I'm not surprised to see green today. But it, it's, you know, again, that's kind of green ain't going to get me excited, right? We got a long way. Like you said, okay, now instead of being down 98%, we're only down 93, okay? So it don't matter at this point. Uh, we got a long way to go on, on the
0: up. 100%, Johnny. And as we were reading the World Economic Forum report yesterday, they said over $2.2 trillion has left this market, and yet- Crypto is here to stay. And Joe, we're going to go to you first after this next video we play because we're about to show our listeners how universal basic income is rolling out in the United Kingdom. And this is something that us group or this entire group here has been predicting for quite a while. So we're going to let the short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go.
4: Today, we've announced that this spring, millions of those on the lowest incomes will get £301 directly into their bank accounts. This is the first of several payments direct from the government to the most vulnerable people's pockets in 2023 and early 2024. In addition, there will be two more payments for low-income families of around £300, meaning they will receive up to £900. On top of this, for many pensioners, there is an extra £300. And for millions of disabled people, an additional one hundred and fifty pounds payment. This will means some households could receive as much as one thousand three hundred and fifty pounds. No one will need to apply for any of these payments as they are paid automatically.
0: So, Joe, as somebody who's familiar with crypto law, I'd love to kick it to you here because we've been talking about universal basic income and central bank digital currencies starting in 2023. And we just got the validation right here. Not only are you going to be receiving free income up to $1,300 a month, but also you don't have to apply. They already know who's eligible for these grants. I'd love to just give you the open floor. What are you anticipating for 2023? And do you believe this is also the year of institutional adoption?
2: Uh sure let's start with uh you know the easy one here CBDCs that's that's it's being tested and rolled out you know in many jurisdictions around the world already uh or at least talked about on the uh you know governmental and regulatory bodies uh, you know the 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 in their um portfolio of things they want to develop for 2023 so yeah i think it's definitely going to roll out in a bunch of different countries this year at least as a test uh version and see how it goes now of course, like we've talked about ad nauseum, we're not going to conflate that with true crypto because obviously it is a more centralized uh, way of really tracking funds and tracking, you know, payments and things like that, uh, and and really uh, digitizing even more a financial system more than it is today with you know obviously digital payments with cards and and debit cards and credit cards rather. Um, But, you know, crypto is the spirit of crypto is decentralization, right? We all know that. We all live it, eat it, breathe it. And it's going to be a side by side and in tandem, um, you know, rollout. Right. It's not going to take over crypto magically. It's not going to take over uh, stable coins even magically that have, you know, 60, 70, 80 billion dollars in circulation equivalent. Um, So that's that. Talking about UBI, I mean we've seen this tested out as well. We saw it during COVID when families were receiving payments uh, here, even here in the U.S. and low-income people were receiving payments to kind of stabilize themselves. And entrepreneurs and business owners, small business owners, were receiving, you know, PPP loans. So we see it for individuals, for households, and for businesses. And we've seen it. And this is just a more uh, the next step for it, right, towards UBI. I think that it is basically a rebalancing of of the extremes that we see between the most wealthy and 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 the the poverty stricken, uh, or low income, as, as as we put it in different countries, and it's going to continue because this world has such a disparity between you know social and and of course financial classes, uh, so that's going to be an issue that uh, you know is going to be addressed as well. And I think the last thing, 2023, institutional adoption. Absolutely. You know, we've seen a shakeout in 2022 of bad actors across the board for crypto. Uh, What's left are companies that are still building good actors and people that are going to, you know, work to build this industry back into the next bull run in the next couple of years. And, you know, institutions aren't stupid. They see this as a low point. They understand how bull and and bear cycles work in this market by now. There's been four or five of them that, you know, a lot of us have ridden through at least three or four. And, yeah they're 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 gonna be scooping up cheap crypto, uh, you know relatively cheap crypto as we move forward. So yes, I absolutely see twenty twenty three as as an institutional adoption or at least more institutions coming in.
0: Thank you, Joe. And we got 212 live listeners joining us. Show us love. Smash that like button. XRP, Jenna, I'm coming to you here because the first thing I thought of when I read this article is that this is the beginning of the end for the middle class. And Joe hinted at it there. You create a wealth divide like they're creating today. $1,300 of free money. That money comes from somewhere and it devalues every other dollar in the market. What do you believe? What is, what is your take when it comes to universal basic income? Technology is going to be replacing essential jobs. Is this the only way we can combat the unemployment?
3: Oh, man. So loaded question. But yeah, so middle class always gets takes the pounding. I mean, always historically, we just have. And I think that's really important right now that people learn about UBI. And unfortunately, um, you know, I I am concerned about those who really need it. How are they going to get it? Because when you think about like homeless people and everything who don't even have phones, because they're going to get you know, robbed or somebody's going to take it from them, how are they actually getting access to the money that they need? So I would really like to see how they're going to implement that. Is that when we see microchips, like, you know, I could go down that rabbit hole, but I'm going to save it. I'm not. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that's important. Well, we we need to research and know all the ins and outs because there are pros and cons to it. But I don't want to be one of the people that's relying on it. And that's not how I want to be finding out about crypto.
0: Johnny Crypto, the floor is yours, my friend. We're about to dive into an interesting Twitter thread from Brad Garlinghouse talking about how he's optimistic for crypto regulation in 2023. But when you think about universal basic income starting in the UK, what's it mean to you, Johnny?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, let me just give a shout out to our man, Waters Above, to all the wolf pack out there. We love you guys. Uh, Appreciate you guys too for showing up. You know, Abs, um, I've never been a big fan of giving away other people's money. The reality is what you're doing here is you're sacrificing your children's future, right? Because when you give away free money, first of all, there's no such thing as free money, right? I think you guys all know that. We have a very, very smart audience here, our viewers. I know you all know that this is not a good thing. First of all, $1,300 ain't going to help anybody in the long run. All it's going to do is devalue the dollar, or in this case, the UK or the pound, like you said. It's going to devalue it. So at the end of the day, have they really given you anything back? By the time it's devalued, if whatever they give you, it's only worth 50% of what they gave you anyway. So you're not even really getting it. So what's the point? Second of all, it desensitizes people to get their lazy asses off the chair and go get a goddamn job. Go do some work. Society needs production. You cannot just take, where's this money coming from? You're to turn a printing press, right, running out. It doesn't work. It's the perfect way to kill a society. And it's going to start in Europe. And it's going to, I hate to say it, but it is going to happen. It's going to spread in the U.S. someday. We we already had it. They started in the 70s and 80s here. It was called welfare. Okay. And they would give a certain amount out to everybody. every. And now they're just going to get people more and more subliminally programmed than what it is. And as Joe was right, he pointed out earlier, we did it through COVID. That was the second round of, of subliminal programming. And the third one is you need a delivery system that makes it simple. And that's exactly what crypto is going to ultimately be fed now. You're going to wake up one day and boom, it's going to be there right in your account. And oh, by the way. You're subservient to it now because they gave it to you for free. So you got to spend it when they want. It expires. Maybe you can only spend it in certain years. Who the hell knows? Uh, But they do it right now with Medicaid. They give you so much money per month and you can only spend it at a certain spot. It's sad what's happening. boys.
2: Yeah, if I could, if I could jump in there too, I think it's important to note that there are programs that, that can be implemented, which are really good, you know, social programs that can help rather than giving a UBI, like raising minimum wage and getting people to work and thus increasing, decreasing, you know, unemployment rates. I mean, there's other ways to get people working. Uh, A lot of cities in the U S have done that with $15 minimum wage and it's worked great. Uh, You know, I lived in one for 12 years, just recently moved from Denver uh, where the minimum wage is now 15 bucks. Everyone's working. Everyone's incentivized to get jobs. And, you know, it was necessary in denver for instance because real estate went just boomed and and denver county was like second or third highest county in terms of real estate um you know price increase in the last 10 years i think it's increased like 3 or 400% in the last 10 years which is crazy so but you know they 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 increased they doubled the minimum wage uh, at the same time and people are now you know young people especially are working because 15 dollars an hour is a lot more attractive than 795 or whatever the hell it is so, yeah,
3: but but that that hurts small businesses because then they have to figure out how to make this up to be able to well, pay their employees that you know well
2: most small businesses pay more than honestly if it's if it's if it's small like three or four person businesses they'll pay more than 15 an hour for them because it's more of a custom type business. This is really better for those retail jobs and better for those you know more commercial type jobs like the McDonald's, the Amazons the you know jobs at UPS type stuff like that um, where this really shows an impact because it's mass hiring. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd push back on that a little bit.
0: Thank you, Johnny Crypto. I'm not sure if you had a comment there. I saw you unmuted. If not, we can continue with our articles. No, right, no, let's keep rolling. Beautiful, guys. And we got 270 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, one of the things I was thinking about is when you inject liquidity into the system, you may enjoy it now, but you pay for it later. And let's explain the financial pyramid that we're all indicating right now. If everybody gets $1,000, where does most of that money go? Essential goods. And who owns Essential goods the same 12 families in America. So it's Amazon, Walmart, Target. You've got those big companies, right? So everybody in the community gets a free $1,000. Where do they go and spend it? They go and spend it at those large consumers and it gets funneled back up the pyramid. And then eventually we need more liquidity to fund the whole system. So when you talk about paying for it later, all the prices of essential goods will rise during that time. And I just showed a tweet earlier talking about how in the last 10 years, if you put $1,000 into Bitcoin, it would be over $1.2 million today. And the reason that takes place is because of the infinite printing. So as much as we criticize them, we can thank them over due time. I'd love to By dive way, into this. That's oh. called
1: LL. You know what What's that? Is? No. It's legalized laundering. <laughs> that's, pretty much, that's pretty much what it does. Think about it. It's spread the money and ends up back in safe trophy. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and we know that's a proven study, right? That was proven.
0: 100% Johnny Crypto, and I'm going to dive into this news here. Sam bankman fried pleaded not guilty on all charges yesterday. And Joe, while I pull up the video of him walking into the courthouse, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Have you been following this story, and what do you of anticipate will happen to Sam bankman fried Is he just a figurehead for this massive collapse?
2: No. Um, there's a couple of things, right? First of all, I understand intimately uh, what he's going through as a, the CEO of a crypto exchange because people unfairly peg you in the same You know, breath as as someone who committed fraud, embezzlement, about fifty white collar crimes. Right? I mean, I can go down the list, but um, I expected him to not plead guilty because think about it: all of his executives and top, you know, C level people rolled on him. Right? Got plea deals, got lenient sentences comparatively, and are are spilling the beans and, and the dirt on him, and none of it is flattering. We know that. Of course you're going to plead guilty. You're not guilty because if you plead guilty, your plea deal is probably worse than what you're going to get when you go to trial. After all is said and done, right? And I don't think he's a figurehead for all this. What I think is he's a contrite, jerky kid who took a bunch of other people's money, didn't know how to properly manage it, and you know thought he was too big to fail. Uh, you know, embezzled and and. and did these awful trades without who trades without stop losses. First of all, on behalf of a multi-billion dollar company, stupid, right? We know that, you know, you don't even do that with your small hundred thousand dollar, you know, 20 X trades or whatever you want to do, you know, but regardless, he's just, he's a guy was a maniac with other people's money, played it fast and loose, tried to set up a system of regulation that would benefit him specifically with the sec. And we all know that because that's documented. And at the end of the day, um, he messed up too bad to, to fix it. Right. And whatever he says, he now just looks terrible because he's a fraudster and, and he's going to go to jail for some period of time. And it's better to not plead guilty and at least take your chances at trial. If you know, you're going to jail for, you know, over 10, 15 years, just my take.
0: hundred percent, Joe. And I'm really interested to hear your take, Jenna, Sam Bankman fried was before this was all took place. They were telling people he's the new JP Morgan. They're saying he's the JP Morgan of crypto. This guy, Mark Yusko in, hinted at it earlier too. He was a useful idiot to roll out crypto regulation in the United States. And if they're going to convince us that centralized currencies are good, first they have to convince us that decentralized currencies are bad. And the FTX collapse was all part of that process. I'd love to hear your take. What do you think, Jenna?
3: Oh, man, I have so many different thoughts of what could have happened and going on because it's it's speculation. I don't know him, but he's getting more press than OJ right now. This is crazy. Like and people that don't know about crypto are now paying attention. It might be scaring people away. I don't know. But half of me wonders, like, is he just playing his role? Like, is there something bigger that's going on um, and going to fight it and then end up getting less jail time and probably end up on probation in his cushy parents' house? Who knows? Um, or maybe he is just a fraudster. Like it, it could be whatever. But I think that maybe, you know, he was a pawn.
0: You know, what's even more interesting, Jenna, is that his parents were working to keep the names concealed of the two hundred and fifty million dollars for bill that was posted. But, Johnny, before we dive into that and kick it back to Joe, what do you think about this article? He bought himself a three
1: thirty dollars million get-it-on-jail card. We're going to see how sy- the system works in America. Don't forget, this guy donated over $30 million to the controlling party right now. So, you know, I think somebody actually said it in, in, the, in the chat here. It was spot on. He'll probably get convicted because they're all, you know, Sam, they all pulled the Sammy the Bull on him, right? They they flip like a rat. They're going to mm-hmm. rat him, and rightfully so. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's trying to save their hide, so I totally get it. And they flipped on him, I and mean, he's he's going to – do some time. And then I think whoever said it, it was spot on. You know, when Biden's out in a year, year and a half, you don't be surprised if he grants him, you know, what the hell, that clemency, what the hell they call it? Clemen, not pardon. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, Joe. They'll grant him a pardon and that's it. So he'll get a slap on the wrist two years later. You know, he'll do a time or two a year. They'll put him in a country club like Goodfellas. You know, he'll be making the sauce, or cut the cheese, slice the garlic <laughs> nice and thin. He'll be living a good life. Listen, like Mark Devine, he'll be living a good life for the next year and a half in jail. He, he, he paid his dues, and then they'll put him on an island somewhere and he'll get to live in paradise. So I'm not feeling so bad for him. What he really did, unfortunately, and I agree with Warders and everybody else in here, is he's probably just a role. You know, he played, like like Yusko said, this guy's not smart enough to set up the complexity of the systems that were all set up to make this run, okay? He's just a puppet. He played his part. What's sad is that at the end of the day, this gave a major, major black eye for crypto and now now crypto has to you know unc- and it was already day you know, this is like somebody's already down right and then you're beating them and you're kicking them even more and that's the problem we have right now is crypto did not need this at this time and uh it's going to be a lot of pieces we got to pick up now my friend it's going to take a long time to recover from this unfortunately in my opinion
0: Thank you, Joe. You can dive right in or I'd yep. love to get your take right here because Sam Bankman Freed's lawyers are asking the court to conceal the identities of $250 million worth of bail for the co I heard a great podcast today breaking down how Sam Bankman Freed's, nobody in his family could afford this. People dug up the finances for that family. Nobody's got $250 million to post for bail, but somebody may have $30 million and maybe you can
2: speak to that. Time out. Yeah. First of all, no one paid $250 million for his bail or even close. Um, let's understand. Let's understand how bail works in mm. or, or bond works in the U.S. It's no more than ten percent, uh, usually, unless it's an extraordinary circumstance, like you murdered, you know, or you're a serial killer or something, uh, and you're a flight and risk. And it's twelve. Like, then it's like twelve to fifteen. Yeah. Is, right. Is,
0: right. That, that's the way the U.S. legal system billion, works. is stealing ten billion. Extraordinary circumstances. Is it safe to assume he's only going to have to pay the ten percent?
2: It is. Yes, it is because it's a nonviolent crime. Right. right. At the end of the day, it's all it's 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 a myriad of white collar crimes that he committed. It is not it's, it's it's any kind of fraud you can name. It's mis, misappropriation of funds. It's embezzlement, but it's not murder. It's not felony assault with intent to commit murder. It's not a violent crime. They took away his ability to travel. They, they have him on house arrest. And that's that's standard procedure. If you look at comparable cases, uh, look at Enron, look at Theranos mm-hmm. and Theranos actually arguably killed people because they were mistesting blood samples if you guys know the backstory on that and they just that's i think that's a good comp for what's going to happen here because they just got 13 years each uh the ceo and coo but -hmm. i think that's what's going to happen and come down the pipeline for him somewhere around 10 to 15 years is what is what i'm predicting um but And and also, let's get let's get facts straight. Yes, he donated a ton of money to the Democratic Party, but his CFO donated the exact same amount of money to the Republican Party. I think they knew they were committing fraud. That's what that Mm -hmm. shows. And they were trying to cover their bases regardless of party and and, and power and institution in power so that they could, you know, get more leniency. Right. And I think that's very important to note is that I think the, the number was 50 to 60 million or something like that on each side of the aisle. The, for the last election. And that's, that's a ton of money. Now, getting back to the bail, his parents are very well-respected professors at Stanford and also have their own private practices. So they're not poor by any means. Uh, you know, they are multimillionaires, each of them themselves in their own rights and have built successful careers. They put their multimillion dollar house up as part of the bail. We know that. And what I think is being concealed is that Stanford University actually owns some of the land rights uh, underneath the property and houses that are built as as, it, as what happens in developments typically you build your house but somebody else owns the property stanford owns that and i think stanford probably allowed them to put the property and the development rights up for bail and i think they're i know they're the one of the uh parties that's being concealed because they own part of that property now where the other assets came from i'm not sure uh, It could have come from somebody like a kevin o'leary or somebody that was heavily invested in it that has a a um An interest in it, right? I'm not saying he did at all, disclaimer there, but I'm just throwing a name out of somebody who was financially tied to it and reputationally tied to it. And we don't know who else was in his ecosystem. So, you know, a, a ton of people made a ton of money off of this. So it could have come from a lot of different sources.
1: Yeah. Hey, Joe, question for you. So somebody here in the audience said that, uh, bail works that if you only put up the ten percent and not the hundred, you don't get the ten percent back. I actually thought if you showed up in court, you do get the yes, 10%. You back, do. You 100. do.
2: That that's you do get the 10% back. He's out on what's called the personal recognizance bond and plus a, a 10 or so percent. So the only reason the only way that is forfeited and the hundred percent bond or bail is paid is if he flees, doesn't show up, or okay. otherwise you know, absconds which he's clearly not going to do because no. he's not, he doesn't have a passport, number one. And number two, where the hell is he going to go with this kind of media circus around? Nowhere. We, he's we, a, I, I guess he
1: wasn't happy with the vegan meals that he was getting in the Bahamas. He, decided,
2: he was in one of the toughest prisons in the world in the Bahamas. That kid was not going to last two days in there, so he's lucky either. he got out.
1: No, There's
0: no vegan yeah. burgers?
1: He Yeah, he was begging to get out. Yeah, <laughs> get out. yeah that,
2: that, that jail is known for its, really, with, for its, its atrocities yeah. and, and, and atrocious living conditions. So, I mean... Yeah, he was begging to get out from day one.
0: Wait, Jenna, one of the positives I think that we have right now with this whole ben- Sam Bankman-Free thing, and Waters Above actually hinted to it earlier, it's brought a lot of attention to the crypto industry, and right now, that's negative attention. But on our channel, we always talk about the subconscious programming of the masses, and the way you do that is you expose them to these things slowly over time, and then they become familiar. Yeah, right now, they may hate crypto, but eventually, when the Federal Reserve and CNBC is telling you that Bitcoin's great, that's when the average retail investor is going to flood into this market so before we get into a little bit of flare network talk what do you think about that take right there
3: Uh, you're 100 right and that's when we know like that we've been in this we've seen market cycles and that's why we're buying that's why we're accumulating and you need to follow the money but whenever people are that'll be their first cycle and everything's going to be going up and they're going to be our exit liquidity cool 100%
0: Jenna, and I'm actually looking forward to it, but hopefully nobody in the live chat is going to be that exit liquidity because we got 345 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. Jenna, I'm kicking it right back to you because I know this Sunday you're hosting a Spaces with the CEO of Flare. And we posted a poll on Twitter yesterday stating the the Flare airdrop is only seven days away. Will you be holding or dumping your first free 15%? Over 54% of participants said they were going to be selling the first 15%. We have some details we're going to share later, but what do you think of this right here?
3: I mean, I think you'd be an idiot to sell the first first 15% whenever you can try to jump once you get the other 85%, right? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. If you can hold it, hold it, in my opinion. Um, and I'm glad that they're doing it that way because historically, we've always seen this. After an airdrop, you see giant red candles. So in my opinion, I'd, I'd keep that 15%, get the rest, and then dump.
0: and Johnny crypto, we know that if you sell that first 15%, just like Jenna said, you don't get the remaining 85% owed to you by these exchanges. But if you think about it this way, Flair's currently trading at 48 cents for futures on BitTru. Imagine if these tokens are 50 cent a piece. I'm sure there's going to be some people who are short sighted and dump the token.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's no doubt about it. People will, because people look for the quick buck. The reality is in the long term, it may have more value. I would just tell you this. <laughs> finally, it's about time. It looks like it's finally going to happen. It only really took them about 12 and a half years to finally do it. So congratulations to everybody <laughs> who held on, um, held their breath, and uh, it's coming, so it's good. I'm excited about it, too. I'm looking forward to it, but I will not be selling I'll be holding abs because, again, The whole point of an airdrop, right, is is the long-term value of it. But I know a lot of people are just in it for the quick buck. And so some people will sell. It was actually smart by Flair to say, hey, you sell the first 15%. You ain't getting the rest. That was actually brilliant. It's the perfect incentive to get people to hold on to it to the next round. However, when that next round of 15 comes, you will definitely see a plunge in price for sure. because everybody and their mother who's pissed off that they couldn't sell the first time are all going to dump on the second time.
0: That's my guess. And, Joe, I'd love to get your take before we kick it into our next article. Brad Garlinghouse talking about 2023 could be optimistic for crypto regulation. What do you think 23 could mean for Flare Networks? Uh,
2: in terms of crypto regulation, I mean, Area, it's going to talk about Flare, or talk about just crypto regulation in general. Ah, uh, Flare, not crypto regulation. Uh, well, I mean, I think they're coming in in a sweet spot. I do think that there's going to be a tighter framework uh, you know, for US based companies and, and US based traders, which is going to allow. Um, you know, keep them to come in. I think it's, it's it's a good time to launch and it's a good time to get your product rolling. I mean, you know, we've definitely taken that approach, a similar approach. We're actually, which is interesting, I'll talk about that a little later, we're launching our suite of DeFi or CD5 products uh, today as a full live beta uh, for Mandala as as well. So, the you know, I think it's a good time in 2023 to do that just because of, of where we are and because of how people are starting to, uh, like we've talked about earlier in the show, view the market. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I think, their, their timing is, is impeccable, even if it was not, not by choice, right? And, and because of development.
1: Hey, Abs, we have a, a question here. You know, the show is for our audience. So a uh, great question here. What year did you need to get your XRP drop? You had to have held, uh, I don't know the exact date. It's either December 12th or December 13th of 2022. I don't yep, know if you, have, if you know the exact date, but I know yep, it goes 12. back to that. December 12th. So guys, December 12 12 20. Is when you would have had to have held XRP to be able to get the flare drop, or
0: you could go to Bittruen and buy the IOU. <laughs> and there's a little bit of a caveat there, so you had to have it on an exchange, or if you had it on a private ledger, you had to report it yourself. So just because you have an XRP doesn't mean you're going to receive the airdrop unless you, you had it on a participating exchange. But Jenna, I know you have some news to share. You shared it in the live chat. Do we have an official time for yes. the flare drop? Exchange? <laughs>
3: Yes, um, Hugo just got back to me and we are going for 10am Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. So definitely start giving me your whatever questions you guys have from the community. That way I can make sure that we relay them to him. It's gonna be an awesome space. The rest of the evening, he is going to be busy prepping everyone for that airdrop. So
0: nice Thank you so much jenna and johnny i know that we want to show our listeners the smartest way to track your cryptocurrency and right after that we're going to dive into an article about how the world economic forum is predicting crypto will be an integral part of the global economy so let's show our listeners that adam we'll dive right back into this
1: oh we know that bull market is coming at some point you want to make sure you have a way to track it
0: have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits if so it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan the good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to merlincrypto.com. That's merlincrypto.com and sign up for early access for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto.
1: And we are super excited about that, Ab. So We are getting very, very close to launch. Everybody keeps saying, Johnny, when we launch, it looks like, um, you know, right now we just have a timeframe of somewhere in Q1 of this year. So within the next uh, month to two months. And, uh, and then we've also got some really exciting partnerships we'll be announcing over the next uh, Q- quarter as well. Um, so a lot of great news, exciting news, guys. So I know you've been all patient. Stick around. We're very, very close. Soon you will have the smartest way to track your crypto in your hands.
0: Awesome, guys. It's only a matter of time and it's only a matter of time before crypto goes mainstream. And the World Economic Forum shared that same sentiment yesterday as the World Economic Forum is predicting that crypto will be an integral part of the global economy despite nearly $2 trillion evaporating from the market. The World Economic Forum has predicted that despite the bear market, crypto will continue to be an integral part of the modern day economy. The international non-governmental lobbying organization based out of Switzerland said that 2022 was a terrible year for crypto after nearly $2 escaped the crypto market. The World Economic Forum went as far to say that 2022 was not just another crypto winter, but more of a crypto ice age. The World Economic Forum took aim at regulators for failing to create a sensible regulation around cryptocurrencies. And this is what we've hinted at throughout this episode today, Jenna, XRP is in a position where if we do get some sort of a regulatory framework, we're in the position of profit. So, what do you think about the World Economic Forum stating crypto's here to stay?
3: Ah, this is awesome because we know that Brad Garlinghouse does sit on the board for the World Economic Forum. And no matter what your thoughts are, either way, uh, you like it, you don't like it. It's here. And you know, the WEF is the elites, right? We want to follow the money. We want to do what they're doing. But this is really, really bullish for crypto pay attention, guys, because you want to make sure that you are focusing on those ISO 20022 tokens. You want to have crypto with strong utility. It's very important that you're researching those guys is not going anywhere. I would, I would listen.
0: So this report was actually created by the founder of circle. And that's, what's interesting because they are one of the biggest partners when it comes to USDC, the stablecoin. Joe, I'd love to get a take from you and then we'll kick it to Johnny crypto.
2: Sure. Uh, obviously, you know, I wouldn't be in this industry as a lawyer, uh, you know, regulatory lawyer, as well as the CEO of an exchange. If I didn't think it was here to stay, cause I wouldn't waste my time. Um, I think this is a very, you know, bullish sentiment for the actual, Tokens that have utility and projects that are building throughout this this bear cycle, uh, crypto winner, whatever you want to call it. And I, I think that's correct in that, uh, you know, obviously crypto with utility is going to be, you know, mainstream. Uh, those cryptos that are market and industry leaders uh, that, that have a token tied to them for, you know, basically. Um, for economic purposes, such as a community driver or an ecosystem driver are going to, you know, withstand this this bear, this bear market and go into the next bull cycle. And I think the World Economic Forum is correct when they talk about regulators failing uh, and basically falling asleep at the wheel. You know, we could have had a framework, a regulatory framework in place six, seven, eight years ago. I, I started in 2015 with my own firm in Denver, uh, you know, working globally with with not just regulators, but crypto projects that didn't know what the hell to do with filings, with raises, with anything, because there was no framework and there still isn't a good one, which is crazy to me in 2023 now. So yes, I do think 2023 regulators have to get their asses in gear and, you know, do something to create some uniformity on a global scale so that raises don't have to be disjointed uh, and only, you know, subject to crazy and different differing differentiating laws or different laws in different jurisdictions. But yeah, I mean, I'm very hopeful with this statement.
0: Johnny Crypto, we had a really interesting meeting earlier this week with a developer at Ripple and he shared some insight. You haven't been on the show since we had that conversation. So I'd love to give you the open floor. Joseph just hinted that the US is way behind when it comes to crypto regulation. We had some great conversations about RippleNet and who's going to be incentivized to use these ISO tokens after we get regulation. Maybe you can speak a little bit to that.
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, we know that the the idea is to get the adoption of the system out there. Um, so I want to talk more about what Joe was talking about. You know, you, you, there's been plenty of opportunities over the years to put regulation in place for crypto. It's been here for Jesus Christ now, 8, 10, 12 years. But the reality is it hasn't happened and it's probably not going to. You know why? Think about it. What happens? You got a centralized system, which is controllable, and a decentralized system that they're fearful of. No one's going no, to know what the people in control are not going to make it simple for you to use a system. Let's them go around their system. They work too hard to put it in place. So that's why regulation, you know, it was like, oh, it's crippling. No, it's purposely being stalled because of that very reason, in my opinion. Now, the reality is at some point it comes to a point where they got to do something. And I think that's where we're getting at now. We're finally going to get some crumbs, some elements that will hopefully put this thing in place so that we can get an understanding of you know maybe some clarity on what is and what is a security and so on and so forth. So hopefully we get there um, and and notice how convenient it's going to happen when the CBDC is out there and then they won't care because when the CBDC is out there that's going to dominate 90% of the market 90% of the market anywhere and
0: the other 5% they you know it'll exist in crypto and they probably won't care. And with all the uncertainty around crypto today people are predicting that we may have an, a future where crypto takes center stage and it seems that the federal reserve agreed they put out a new report yesterday talking about how all the opportunity that lies within the crypto market today it doesn't come without risk and they identified eight specific risks including fraud volatility contagion and similar familiar issues so a lot of the concerns that we have with traditional finance the federal reserve is claiming we have those same concerns with cryptocurrency now joe i'm going to kick it right to you but i wanted to put in this detail right here because Everybody's been critical of cryptocurrency, yet every single agency that's reported has been operating in crypto. A representative of the FDIC has spoken positively about stablecoins. The OCC has recently taken steps to engage with fintech. And the Federal Reserve is actively non-committed, but interested in building a central bank digital currency. So I'd love to just give you the open floor. What do you think about that news?
2: Sure. I mean, I guess the the age old question is, are you going to be relatively scared of the unknown or sort of unknown? Or are you going to embrace a, a, you know, a digital future where we are already in a technological future instead of losing? Losing projects and jobs and great minds to, you know, foreign companies, foreign domicile companies, because we don't have the regulatory framework or because we actively suppress tech in our country. Right. Unless you are somebody like Elon that pays for it. And, uh, you know, even he's got his 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 own issues. But that aside, um, you know, we've been suppressing tech startups in this crypto space and blockchain space for as long as blockchain and crypto have been around. And that's why everybody goes overseas. That's why our exchange is not domiciled in the U S we have an operating company, a parent company in the U S cause we're all U S you know, and North American ownership, but you know, we operate overseas because we actually geofence out U S uh, from our, from our centralized exchange. We geofence out U S traders. We have to. Um, so what I think is that, you know, finally they're acknowledging that this is here to stay. Like, you know, they were, they were, they thought it was a nascent industry before and it would just go away and it was fad, and blah, blah, blah. But now they're, you know, they're kind of turning the corner, but they're acknowledging they've been in it for a while, which doesn't, shouldn't surprise anyone. You know, it's, it's it would be very irresponsible of them to not have some kind of reserves, whether you're talking about the federal reserve or FDIC banks or something like that, even if it's one or 2% of your assets in an asset that is, you know, revenue producing and revenue generating, it would be really stupid to not have that. Exactly. So it's good to see this balance and it's good to see them kind of, turning a corner possibly in 2023. And that's just my take on it. Yeah, I
1: kind of agree with Joe. It's about time. You know, it kind of goes back to what Mark Yusko always says on this show, right? First, they ignore you. Well, first, they, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you, right, the four stages. And then they join you. And we're in the then they fight you stage right now. Abs is what we always talk about on this show. And that's what we're seeing, right? They're already done through the laughing ignoring. They were hoping it would have gone away. And they're like, god damn, this crypto market is freaking resilient. It ain't going anywhere, boys. We're all here to stay. And so now what they're gonna do is they're gonna fight it, turn it into something that mold it into something they can control, and then they'll make it the 12th. Uh what what did your boy Kelvin? I, I like calling him Kelvin the way uh CZ calls him. What did your boy Kelvin O'Leary call it? The 12th uh wonder of the world, or, or yeah, the 12th the sector of the economy. Crypto will be the 12th sector of the economy, right? And there's no question about it. Like Joe said, these guys are gonna rig it, they'll set it up so they can make money off it, and it will ultimately be, I think another market someday down the road that's why you want to make sure you got some horses in this race we don't know which horses are going to win but get a couple horses in there saddle up ride them some bitches and we'll see which way in the long
0: run plays out Johnny Crypto, another mainstream headline I feel like we should cover this morning is YouTuber Logan Paul says he unknowingly hired multiple criminals and con men who led and developed his NFT project, Crypto Zoo. And Jenna, this is exactly what we were addressing earlier in the episode. Every time there's a crypto article that goes mainstream nowadays, it's negative. And we're trying to put a positive spin on that saying, eventually, this is making people familiar with crypto, even if it's telling them to stay away. What do you think about Logan Paul being exposed here?
3: Oh, this is the problem, though, right? When your team isn't docs with NFT projects. So like with any project, like if it's an NFT project, you want to make sure that you're into it for the art and whatever. But I mean, this is kind of concerning. He didn't know. So how I want to know more about this. Like, do we have an actual like article on it that we can read or pull up? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I actually didn't read the article because I just saw it when we were doing it live, but I thought it was pretty interesting. And I watched this CoffeeZilla documentary. He put out like this three-part series a couple of weeks ago, talking about how Logan Paul put in a million dollars, convinced his fan base to invest in this thing. And then the developer actually ran away with the private keys and escaped to Switzerland. And that's kind of how this whole debacle started. So I guess that would be like the cliff notes, but I have not read the article.
3: Oh, that's horrible. Um, how many people were rugged in it?
0: A lot, a lot. Thousands and thousands of people. And there were even reports of people putting in six figures, buying these NFTs. And then boom, end of the day, all the money was, ev- was evaporated.
3: So I wonder what's going to happen with him. Like he's got to get charged with something, right? Even
0: came out and said, guys, I'm not the bad guy. I'm not the criminal. And that's always makes me concerning when you're saying like, OK, somebody here's a criminal, but it's not me. So don't look at me, guys. But Johnny, Cho, do you guys have any comments as well?
2: Uh, sure. Um, you know, you're right. He shouldn't have come out and said that. What he should have said, if any reputable business owner says, is we will look into it and find out who did it and take care of it and handle it. You know, and go after them legally. Number one, number two, correct. If you run a project these days and you're not doxxed, at least for our exchange for listing or partnering with us, we won't even talk to you because there's it, it's not it's not appropriate. It's crypto's not the wild west anymore. Yes, granted, there's not hard and fast regulatory rules around them yet. But it's not the wild west. You can get in a lot of trouble, and there's still, you know, people that want to not be docked and be anon for illegitimate reasons, right? You don't have to dock yourself to the world, but you. When we partner with somebody, we need to know who their, you know, their primaries are, whoever their C-suite is, or their senior management, or, or owners, or you know, whatever it may be. So I think Logan Paul probably put himself in a bad situation, uh, compounded it by not doing simple background checks or you know some kind of KYC. AML equivalent on his, whatever he partnered with, and it's a, it's a really bad look, and we know, we all know of a ton of NFT projects that do this, and it's it's going to be very important. Uh, also, as NFTs morph into NFT 2.0, which I like to call it, which is real-world application and use cases for fractionalization and ownership of NFTs, that uh, that are all pretty much securitized, uh, you know, ownership and something. It's going to be very important that leadership and management docs themselves as well as full time employees that are, you know, up there on the food chain that can make decisions.
1: And I'll tell you what, that was some smart advice down there by Joe Logan Paul. If he was smart, should have got himself a good attorney like Joe. But you know, <laughs> one, one thing I do want to say here to Mister Wright. Yes, you're correct. If you went to Mandela Exchange and it said you're restricted, that's what Joe meant when he said geofence. It is not supposed to let you in because of the fact that they don't want to operate in a, in a country. Correct. Different. And let me let me comment on that really
2: quick. That is why we're building a CD5 ecosystem, and we launched our full, fully operational beta of our cross-chain, uh, multi-chain Decentralized to centralized bridge today that's operating with 1,200 pairs in ten different chains. Any pairs available on Mandala, which is finance liquidity, basically. So you can trade on Binance liquidity, very low fees. Anyone can access that because it's a, you know, it's it's, it's a bridge function, but it's not a mit and burn. So. Everything is secure there. These trades actually execute on a centralized exchange. So we did that specifically for U.S. and other geofence communities so they can use and utilize our liquidity. But, yes, the actual spot exchange, you can't get on there from a bunch of different jurisdictions. Yeah,
1: smart move. Just to wrap this topic up, Abs, at the end of the day, we need more people like this going to jail. We need rules and laws put in place to lock people up that when this stuff happens, instantly there's a crime and a punishment for it. You know, you have to set examples like anything else where your children, right? You got to set an example. When you do something yeah. wrong, you get in the freaking corner. Here, you do something wrong with this, you got to go to jail. I and mean, you're not a nice jail. You got to go to a nasty jail, right? And so that's what we need. And, and regulation can help bring some of that. And then we need some some people getting locked up. And then this will this will start to go away.
3: A hundred percent. I just want to add to that. There was literally like a couple weeks ago, this OnlyFans girl, and she completely like rugged her NFT project. Like there needs to be accountability for this. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And, it, right, and it comes back to the regulation, Johnny. But if there's anything we've learned in 2022, it's that you can't look at a celebrity and say, okay, because they're associated with this project, that means it's going to be successful. Whether it was FTX or these individual mm-hmm. cryptocurrency NFTs, whatever you want to call it, there were so many pump and dumps in 2021 and 2022. Mm-hmm. People like us who have been in the space for two years now, we should understand that just because Tom Brady agrees with this project doesn't mean it's going to be successful. But we got some more Ripple news that I want to dive into for today is the CTO, David Schwartz, is predicting some bullish news for XRP, even comparing them to Google in the early 2000s. But we got 345 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, this is some interesting news because David Schwartz said, imagine I worked at Google in 2000 and I was telling you to search how search is going to be the next big thing, but eventually billions of dollars of new wealth. The markets wouldn't believe it even if the individual did. And Schwartz said that many of those opportunities exist in the crypto market today. He even put out a tweet last week saying that all elements are now taken. Google has Earth, Apple has Air, Amazon has Fire, and Ripple has the waters of liquidity. Jenna, what do you think about that tweet right there and the fact that David Schwartz is bullish on crypto adoption, of course?
3: I was hoping that you would bring that up. And of course, we are bullish as well. And I think at this point, we take anything that David Swartz says as the gospel in the XRPL community. But there's also, this reminds me of the video that was out whenever, you know, David Swartz has said and Brad Garlinghouse that when the market is mature enough and for ODL, there is a flip that you can switch. And that is when we will see all the institutional money and everything flow in. So it's absolutely bullish for us. And yeah.
0: Music to my ears, Johnny Crypto. And I'm going to kick it to you. But first, I want to read this last paragraph because Schwartz thinks that investors are attempting to figure out how big is crypto going to be, but they're not ready to ascertain which projects will be the titans of the digital asset space like Google. We could be identifying a couple here. We always talk about ISO compliant tokens. What do you think about XRP? What do you think about this news, Johnny?
1: You know, this is why we're here. <laughs> this is what we're here for, right? At the end of the day, or at least why I'm here, right? So this happened to me, part of what... what so back in twenty, you know, 1997, I tell the story all the time. I bought Amazon $17 like a moron. I thought I was, you know, I knew my shit, sold it at 27. And I'd be totally retired right now if I wasn't a moron and I held it to 3300 right? So you, you, you don't, back then, I didn't know what I owned. I didn't know what I held. And I was retarded for that reason. So now looking at this one, there is going to be some of these forces, you know, some of these technologies, some of these blockchains, and maybe some of the cryptocurrencies that are tied to them. That may explode and have that same internet boom that we had back then in the early 2000s. And I I totally agree with David. I believe he's right. A lot of these blockchain technologies solve future problems that we're trying to, you know, that make them more efficient, more effective, lower cost. And let me tell you something. Companies are always looking about, about... Improving efficiency and cutting costs. That's what it's all. But you work for a company. You're going to hear that from your boss all the time. We need to improve productivity and cut costs, okay? Cheaper, better is what they're going to want. So uh, for me, Abs, I'm excited just to hear you know, Dave and others in an the industry talk about it because I do believe that that is going to happen. Now, I can't sit here and tell you which of the 10,000 active coins are going to explode. I have no clue. What I do is look at the ones that I think have utility, that have real-world solves, I buy some of them and I just put them away. I sit on them and I ain't selling shit this time. I'm holding it until right. I'm bringing these bags with me to the future because I know that there's 5% of the globe invested in crypto. And if crypto becomes the 12th sector of the world, then I already know if I compare it to what's going on in the in, in, in the stock market space where about 50% of the globe is invested, we probably have somewhere between 5 and 50 Right, that percentage of people still coming into this market, that's going to send this zone bitch flying. Especially when regulation comes and the industry, the the um, the institutions can invest one, two, three percent of their funds into this. We're sitting on a gold. You want to talk about a tidal? They talk about a high tide raises all boats. This is a tidal wave that's coming up,
0: a monster tidal wave. And you know what it reminds me of, Johnny? The article we showed a couple weeks ago, where the BIS states central banks. They can now hold up to 2% of their tier one capital in cryptocurrencies. And when you get mass adoption, what's going to happen? People are going to be using crypto in the background without even acknowledging it. Right now, we're in the infancy of this industry where all of us are speculating which projects are going to be adopted, which projects are seriously here to stay. A lot of the projects that are here to stay, you can look and identify with not only who's growing during the bear market, but who has the best partnerships in the space. And that's why we always identify Ripple. These are some of the largest banking institutions on the planet. They are working with Ripple XRP. So Brad Garlinghouse actually doubled down on his take that this could be a great year for regulation, stating today is the first day of the 118th Congress. While prior efforts of regulatory clarity for crypto in the US have stalled, I am cautiously optimistic that 2023 is the year we finally see a breakthrough, and here's his thread on why. Long story short, he said the rest of the world has progressed massively when it comes to global regulation, and the U.S., it's lagging behind. This will be addressed in 2023, and I think it's one of the reasons we always call this year the year of institutional adoption. But Jenna, I'd love to get your take. What do you think about Brad Garlinghouse' Twitter thread here? 2023, could it be a great year for crypto?
3: Yeah, I definitely think it can. I think we're going to start to see. um, I think we'll see if we actually finish this lawsuit and get clarity. I think it's going to be big for us. But I don't think initially we'll get the jump that I used to think that we will. I think um, it'll take a little bit of time for all that money and everything to flow through. I don't think the market's going to start to make full recovery until probably 2024. But anyways, to what he's saying. um You know, I don't know that this ripple case is going to be the be, at, be all end all for regulation and everything. I think it's a stepping stone. I think it's going to be really good for us and to reference. Just like I don't think that libraries like going to be used like, hey, this is what happened. And, you know, it's going to have any bearing on the ripple case. You know, I think that yeah. we need to have more. So, yeah, I have to agree. It's a with stepping stone.
1: I have to agree with Jenny here. The facts of a case matter, right? The library one's not even really the same facts. But hopping into this abs, I hate to burst your bubble on this and what what Brad is saying too. I hate to burst the bubble that oh he hopes this will happen and you know they'll they'll get united. Uh, just to give you an idea, yesterday the Republican Party who's in control of the house couldn't vote for its own... I was about fight. to say they couldn't
2: even elect a speaker yesterday. Let's it's, get that done. They
1: can they, the, they got own leader. They've got control and they can't even uh, elect joke. their own... And you want these guys to create regulations? They can't pick right. a captain leader. Right. You want them to come up with regulation on something that's so complex. They can't even pick a... free. You know when you're playing football in the backyard like, okay, who captain? <laughs> captain? You're going to be the captain. Five-year-olds right. know how to pick a freaking captain, okay?
2: Right.
1: We got right. five-year-olds that can figure this shit out and we got Congress that can't pick a
4: captain.
2: Thank, yeah, you. You wanna, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was going to bring that that point up. I was going to say let's just elect the House Speaker first, right, and get that out of the way. But thank you. I mean, you know, it's like baby steps, right? It's like you know, spoon feed these people. And if you saw, I think the the most telling thing is if you watch the congressional hearings uh, with FTX. Our Congress doesn't know what the hell is going on with crypto. They don't understand it. They don't understand blockchain. They don't understand the asset class. They don't understand anything except for a few select people who, uh, like Tom Emmer, for instance, who I have the pleasure of working with in Minnesota. Uh, I sit on the the state board of directors for the Blockchain Association. uh, And we help shape uh, legislation up there. But, I mean, you know, despite a few... Uh, people that actually try to do it in Congress and actually are proactive about it, there's no understanding. I don't have a lot of hope for 2023 for regulation. Even if the ripple case settles, like Jenna was saying, it's still regulation by enforcement. There's no framework put in place by that. So it's just a stepping stone, just like library is a – I just think it's going to be a case study in facts uh, for you know law schools moving forward. Um I do think, however, if you want to talk about the markets in 2023, I'm bullish on them because I think we've pretty much bottomed. We're seeing a flat line for the last, you know, three to four months. We and you know, even FTX only moved the market, even only moved Bitcoin market one or two thousand dollars. It was still sitting; it was we're sitting around 19 or 20 after Luna. Not much, you know. And if something as monumental as FTX can happen and not move the market much. Um, I th- I'm, I'm pretty bullish especially second half of 2023 and 2024 with the having of course because Bitcoin's still in 2024 going to be the industry driver as we all know it's not changing in the next year so um you know it's going to it's it's going to to, to improve the second half of 2023 I think and I'm, I'm, I'm you know I'd conservatively predict 35 to 40k Bitcoin at the end of 2023 conservatively
0: Thank you. And Jenna, we're going to close this episode out by not only showing our listeners your Twitter account, but just giving you the open floor. So I know you got an interview with Flare Network CEO this week. Maybe you can talk about some of the things you'd like to address, because I'm really interested to learn more about Flair.
3: Um, honestly, I think it's gonna be really important just to start with the basics of flare first before we get into all of the complex community um, questions. I want to talk about exactly what it is. What does it mean to connect everything? How does this work? Um, a lot of people that are XRP holders in the community are also interested in flare. Um, you know, what was the holdup with things? And you know, I want they have questions about the airdrop. Um, there's a lot. So, you know, guys, go ahead. Um, literally. DM me um, if, if well, my DMs are closed. So tweet at me any questions that you have about it because now is the time. I want to be able to structure really, really nice um, Twitter spaces with Hugo and just cover like all of the community concerns and then we can bring people up. But we're also going to have Flare community there. We're going to have different leaders from um, different NFT projects and everything that are building on Flare and their experiences with that so far. So um, and like FTSO, what does it mean to delegate? Like there's so many different things. So. Mm.
0: That's awesome, Jenna. And I'm really excited to figure out, are they going to try to hold our Flare tokens the same way they held our Songbird tokens? If there is an attorney in the live chat besides Joe, reach out to me. I'd love to get my owed money. And I'm only making the joke. But Johnny, why don't you just close (laughs) this out for today?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it was awesome having both Joe and Jenna on. Thank you guys for coming out today and being part of the show and shining lights on all different areas of the crypto industry. I do believe that the crypto uh, future is bright. I believe there there will be um, you know things to come. I believe the market hopefully we'll see a you know close to a bottom if we haven't already in 2023. We start going sideways now and getting ready for what we all know is coming in 2024. The Bitcoin happening, baby. That's usually a very very bullish mark.
0: Yep. There it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Crypto is dead. Crypto is dead. Crypto There's going to be crypto. a new bubble circled around 2022, Johnny, where they said crypto is dead. And you know, what's exciting. And I just want to end it on this. Me and you used to always talk about in 2020 because we came into the market a little late. Imagine if we had two years of experience, how much better oh. we'd be. Unfortunately, oh. we didn't know what we were asking for and God gave us four years of additional experience before our next bull run. So as it's, it's kind of like we got what we asked for, but we didn't know what we meant.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad I'm glad we got it now because I'll tell you what, we just need this chart to do with what it did one more time, and a lot of people in this chat room and on this call and everybody who's been following are going to have a much, much better life, putting their families on a chance for generational wealth. So kudos mm-hmm. to all you guys out there. Yeah. Pat yourselves on the back. Don't break your arm when you do it. That Definitely be kudos. Be patient. You deserve it. Um, it's a long time coming. So now is the waiting game to the next round,
0: but I think we're getting – the light is coming, abs. The light is coming. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Joe. Thank you to Jenna. And thank you to Mr. Johnny Crypto himself. We got 336 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we'll see you guys in 23 hours. Like we always say, Warriors, ah, Put the shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us. Let's go.